And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, this is our 199th episode. It is, and for some reason my graphic says 198. It shouldn't because I changed mm. it, so I'll have to change it back later. The, the, the real OGs know what episode we're really on. <laughs> so yeah, n next week will be our 200th episode uh which makes this how many years have we been doing this i want to say has this been like Ooh. three years this particular show yes i want to yeah, say yes it, yeah because it's not like we did a new episode every week because you know sometimes we take time off sometimes there'd be commentaries mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but by and large we're getting very very close to 200 episodes and obviously we're gonna have a big stream to celebrate that next week i was sure to reach out and ask a bunch of our friends uh in the comic book youtube sphere a lot of whom have actually been on the show before if they wanted to record us uh, a little video congratulating us i got like two of five in right now i know three people are gonna make me chase them down because ain't <laughs> that always the way on any group project you had a great idea matt though for what we should do tell tell everyone your great idea I, I suggested to Joe just before the show started that we take to Cameo and get the cheapest uh, movie star, singer, whoever we can get to, to give us a message. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm looking on there. I'm on Cameo right now. And I, I, I ask everyone else to join me on Cameo because this is great. Uh, Mick Foley, the hardcore legend, you know, we can get him for 75 bucks. That's, you know, that's pretty reasonable then you got ooh chumley from pawn stars Ooh, really almost 200 bucks that's a bit much it is and isn't is there in there like a an also thing where like they have a um a thing was like oh yeah you'll get your message in like a month yeah true they don't have to do it for you right away Ooh, lisa loeb for a hundred bucks just on her own oh yeah let's uh <laughs> let's get lisa loeb to sing us a song you say you only podcast when you want to oh, i love you lisa <laughs> we can get ernie hudson for 135 dollars Ooh, can we do it like they do on some releases of ghostbusters and he's just out of the just out of frame to where you can't see him <laughs> Hey, Kevin Conroy is only a hundred bucks, and we like him. Hey, that's pretty good. Oh, uh, that Ricky Berwick guy is here too. Another YouTuber who got a much nicer table and much nicer welcoming to the last con I was at than I did. <laughs> like literally, I was their first YouTuber one year. Then the next year, they stuck me by the bathroom, and he got like a big <laughs> thing in the main con hall. And I'm like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> it's Ricky Berwick, of course. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Ricky Berwick could totally take Joel in a fight. Confirmed. <laughs> Oh, uh, what other losers do we got? Oh, we could get our own Trump impersonator. Oh, shit, Carol Baskins is on her. Oh, and she's charging $300. Fuck off. What? God damn it. <laughs> Look, I didn't kill my husband, but I'm definitely congratulating Comic Multiverse <laughs> on 200 episodes. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, there's some real winners here. Uh, Mick Foley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, shit, Sammy Guevara's on here. Of course he is. <laughs> Who, who just came back from sensitivity training this week to beat up Orange Cast. I'm like, he doesn't seem that much more sensitive at all. We should get, like, some someone no one's ever, ever, ever heard of. Like, like some oh. random, like, reality star. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ooh, Santa's on here for 20 bucks. You can get Santa. <laughs> and Richard Karn from Home Improvement, who's only charging 80 bucks. <laughs> Shoe Nice is on there, and he's charging 10 bucks. Oh, shit. Will he eat something for us? Will he eat a comic for us? <laughs> 
I think that's what we need to do, guys. That's that's what the Patreon money is going towards this month. <laughs> Something fucking ridiculous. <laughs> oh god, this is this is fun. This this needs to be a new segment, Matt. Who's on cameo now? <laughs> For episode two hundred one, that's where we got to go with it. <laughs> but uh, but all that aside, uh, how uh, how's your week been, Matt? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I've been busy, but I've managed to play a little bit more of Ghost of Tsushima. Same, same. I'm in. Uh, I'm a ways into chapter two now. Man, there's a lot of game in there, and I'm shocked for how long I've played it. I haven't actually unlocked the Ghost of Tsushima armor yet. Yeah, neither, neither have I. I I just got past. I'm not too far past. Uh, you go through that first fort. And then it takes you into, I think it's Act Two, where you go up to the yes. second part of the islands. Yeah. And yeah. um, yeah, I'm just like going through there, finishing off all the tales of Shishima. Yeah, which are wonderful. Those mm. those are the best missions in the game. Yeah, my favorite one so far has been like the 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 like little old maid that uh, Jin had as like a kid uh, yeah, back at his home estate, and now she's got kind of like Alzheimer's, and she sees him as his father, and uh... it's it's very very sad, but also very lovely. Yeah, it helps you make poison. That that game strikes an interesting tone because obviously, you know, it's inspired by all the classic Kurosawa films and all mm-hmm. those other samurai movies we know. So a lot of it feels very familiar. And at sometimes I'm like, okay, can we end the cutscene so I can go do another mission now? But every so often it actually surprises you and actually adds some new wrinkles into it. Like you mm-hmm. said, the the mother figure with Alzheimer's, that's kind of cool. Uh, I like Kenji the booze guy. He's mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah, his missions are fun. <laughs> yeah, we we need more booze guy in this because I mean, obviously, it's a story about war and occupation and everything, and so much of it is so super dour. Uh, I've been playing a what is it the uh, the arrow guy side missions because mm-hmm. I basically decided my build for this is I'm just going to build Japanese green arrow, which is what I've done. <laughs> My uh, my arrow game is so fucking sick in that now. I slow down time and I just get like six headshots and no one even touches me. <laughs> yeah, well, once you get a handle on the bows and everything, you're like in, invincible. You just pick and them I off love- from a distance. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I love you get two different types of bows. You mm-hmm. get the short bow and the heavy bow. And the heavy bow hits like a goddamn howitzer in yeah. this game, knocking dudes off their feet. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Also, uh, something that I don't think has ever happened in a game before, if an enemy has, like, an armored helmet and you try and shoot them with a regular arrow, it doesn't work sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It bounces off. Sometimes they'll that's, even block the arrows. That's kind of amazing. Also, thank you, uh, Michaelis there, who's been uh, subscribed for eight months. I just saw nice. that on a two-month streak. Good, good nice. job. But, uh, yeah, that game is a ton of fun and just beautiful, too, because, like, in the first chapter, I'm like, well, surely I've seen everything this game has to offer. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the second thing, like, ooh, it's all forests and bamboo groves and everything, and it's all lush and green, and there's, you know, water. And I'm like, oh, nice. And then I've already seen some shit from the third chapter, and there's snow. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can actually see it from, like, the mountaintops. You're like, ooh, snow. That's Which cool. Is- which is pretty freaking dope that every area and every chapter has its own like unique uh, color scheme. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely about it. Uh, but yeah, so Ghost of Shishima is great. And uh, hopefully it'll be the thing that holds us over to November in the early holiday season when all the other big ass games come on down the pipeline. Yeah, I, I just pre-ordered um, the Avengers game. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. The other week. And I, I pre-ordered it just so I could get the beta access because I'm, I'm looking forward to the beta because that comes out in... Um uh august sometime 
Oh, shit, I might have to get on that then. I forgot that that's coming out sooner than I thought. Mm, yeah, just uh, just at the start of September. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Tevia already asked us. We will talk about that in the news, Tevia. Don't worry. <laughs> this is still the pre-show. We will get to it. <laughs> I uh, I definitely promise you. But yeah, 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 I forgot that that comes out in August, that that's the big one. Shit, I might have to jump on too. Is there still time to pre-order? Oh yeah, yeah. I think you can pre-order up until like the day before, but right, if you okay, but yeah. if you pre-order before August, I think you get the the beta access. Right. Okay. That uh, that sounds good. That sounds like something I would probably like. Do they know how long the beta is going to be going on for? Can you do like multiplayer for the beta? Well, I think there's like. Well, I think yeah. I think you you'll be able to. I think like there's the the closed beta which I'll have access to because I got the deluxe edition, right. and then there's the open beta which is I think for for anyone who wants to sign up. Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, I might have to look into that one then. Give uh, give that a look. I'd love to stream some stuff, but I think I'm at the point now where I really need a freaking capture card. I tried streaming Ghosts with my, like, Frankenstein setup that I have where I stream mm-hmm. from the PlayStation to yeah. the computer and then capture screen that. Holy shit, the bitrate. I, I left it up for anyone who wants to see it on my own channel, but the bitrate, like, literally, Jin is all shrunken and fat for no reason. I'm like, what, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I did my first Shishima stream exactly how you did it, and I uploaded it to YouTube, and it wasn't too bad, but it was like, yeah, this, this could definitely be a lot better, and yeah, I definitely need to get, like, an Elgato. I don't know if the game just isn't optimized for it, or if just because, you know, like, it's so beautiful, it's just like, no, you can't, you can't stream like that. <laughs> Too much stuff going on. Because it is a beautiful fucking game, and I will admit, too, my TV is really old. Mm-hmm. Like, my TV has none of that, like, 4K stuff, none of that high res. Like, some of the bigger games now, I'm sure you've noticed, they have a thing when you play it on your TV where it's like, oh, would you like super awesome eye popper mode? And, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't even give me the option. It's like, nah, sorry, dude, your old busted TV won't have it. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you can't have that. I do need an Elgato, everyone. It's on my Amazon wish list, and I'm definitely going to try and pick that one up. You actually see uh, Elgato has new microphones now, and they look like old-timey radio microphones. Oh, that's cool. And, like, it actually comes with its own built-in levelers and everything else. And I'm Ooh. like, shit. And it's also smaller than the Yeti and everything. And I'm like, man, I, I know none of us are going to get to travel at any point in the future. But if I was to travel, I would totally take that one with me. That's cool. Because I'm always worried whenever I go on a trip of breaking this motherfucker. And in fact, mm. I don't know if people can see the the on off switch has broken off on this a very long time ago. So now it's just always on. <laughs> It's always recording. It's always on, always recording. Oh, all the things if this mic could talk. <laughs> Man, Joel went off on Eskimos for like 20 minutes there after stubbing his toe. What was that about? Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. What's he saying now? Mayans invented 4G? That can't be right. <laughs> Someone's got a fact check. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yes, everyone, believe it or not, we are a comic book show. We have some comic book news. Uh, Comic-Con happened this week, Matt. Kind of, sort of, not really. Yeah, it, what's going on as we record this, and I, I've probably watched, like, one panel. It's been pretty lackluster. And yeah. I can understand that because it's, it's a very unprecedented event, you know, the COVID and everything don't really have uh. a lot to show, but still, it's, it's very strange. This this has been the weakest Comic Con maybe in mm. years. I I haven't watched anything, not for a lack of trying, but because literally 
they're doing a very bad job promoting all of oh. these streams. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I caught, like, the end of, like, like the boys stream. Like, I caught the end of that, uh, mainly because I didn't even know it was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I just saw, like, a someone post, like, a, a clip from him. I'm like, oh, this is happening right now. Yeah, man, we can see full well lay bare for everyone, and even people in the chat are agreeing right now. Being a professional streamer and getting stuff done versus being a professional convention staff and getting stuff done, uh, clearly these skills are not like the other. And it gets a lot worse when you realize, hey, Marvel and DC didn't announce anything new no they didn't really show up individual creators showed up and we'll talk about some of the stuff they mentioned later on but by and large either they had nothing to show or because of the whole covid thing they're like look we're not even done our events now we don't even know what we're going to be doing in a couple months from now well not even that in less than a month we've got dc fandom which Eh, is i imagine where everything's going to be but is that going to but then as well as like if san diego comic-con is like this what's that going to be like what indeed i mean is it mostly going to be movies and television i don't know and again people are talking about marvel as well marvel also has its own thing like when's the next d23 oh probably august sometime i think right so again they all have their own things like already dc and marvel were kind of moving away from san diego as san diego became more of a hot spot for movies and tv which again we didn't get much movies and tv either because we can't put movies out and we can't finish tv shows so no yeah <laughs> So there's uh, there's a lot of nothing going on at this one, unfortunately. And uh, man, I wish they did a better job promoting it. It's like fuck, man. If they if they asked you or I to promote it, we would do a better job promoting it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I heard no, basically no one talking about it. I mean, Christ, there's been like online comic cons that I've been a part of and have been invited to, some good, some bad, that have done better jobs promoting themselves than friggin' the actual official San Diego Comic Con did. Yeah yeah that's nuts so so much for everyone will have a chair and everyone will have a seat for nothing really (laughs) yeah really what turned out to be nothing and again none of it is their fault oh uh the chat is saying in november uh we'll be getting oh okay then that makes it hopefully by then the world will fucking be able to open back up again (laughs) (laughs) although we'll see because like it seems all over the goddamn place uh we'll have it good for a bit and then there'll be friggin' virus spikes toronto had one where Rob Ford, who I hate Rob Ford in like any other climate, but here I kind of have to eat my own hat and admit he's doing a good job. He's basically our Governor Cuomo. And where he came out and said, young people, stop partying, stop going out, you're going to kill us. And I'm like, thank you, Rob. <laughs> well, our, our government's done that, but we've had we've had one state that's decided to go, no, <laughs> we'll do what we want. And they keep it. They had like yesterday, they had something like 500 odd new yeah. cases I, I just read that because tom taylor who is yeah. also australian and he lives and in that state <laughs> he did and he's basically like motherfuckers i would like to celebrate halloween this year please can you stop yeah, yeah. <laughs> man at what point do you think it's gonna be where we're gonna have to borrow an idea from comics and we're gonna have to do the salvation run the virus <laughs> run where we just take people from all these states and shoot them to the moon and be like look you can be plague planet just go over there <laughs> Look, if we can't trust you, this is where you got to go now. Go to Plague Planet. <laughs> or an island, Plague Island. Yeah, Plague Island, yeah. Use Jeffrey Epstein's island. That's not getting you any use, so. Exactly, that's not going anywhere. We'll put him there. We'll put it right <laughs> next to uh, Dana White's Fight Island. It's like, oh, you went too far. You wanted Fight Island, but you're at Plague Island. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't want either. I wanted Fire Island. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess with that out of the way, we can talk about what actually happened this week, what little there was. And again, we mentioned Tom Taylor, and uh, he had some very big news uh, this week, something that I think we all knew had to happen eventually. We just didn't know in what form it would take. But basically, Taylor is teasing that he's going to be coming back for more injustice. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a given. It was a given we'd be getting an Injustice 3, which probably be announced at DT Fandom. Yeah, I mean, my thought was like, okay, yeah, we'll get another Injustice whenever there's a new video game to work with. But again, if you remember too, didn't quite line up 100% with what Taylor was writing, because how could it possibly be? Because it's two different teams. They're Mm -hmm. not going to be slavish to each other in two completely different genres. But uh, yeah, I mean, Injustice has been a huge hit and a huge seller, even amongst people who don't normally read weekly DC comics. Oh, so yeah. of course, of course, I'm sure they were just, you know, counting down the days until they could make more of this. And maybe the reason we've seen so many cool Taylor projects from DC was them like, you know, greasing the wheels and try and butter them up like, yeah, you can have a trilogy of zombie stories. Yeah, you can take <laughs> Suicide Squad in a fun new direction. Just fucking do more injustice. <laughs> yeah trying to convince him to come back for d- and do more because <laughs> like what, what do you do what do you even do now i don't i don't know it's it seemed like it was all pretty uh what is it like pretty resolved at the end of that second game was it well, not even that like like it, just in terms of like the comic stuff he did he filled in like everything like in between the games so there's like no real room there unless you, you somehow squeeze something in which might mess up timelines and stuff i i guess you could probably maybe do like oh what's maybe they're letting him do the story for number three this time or something yeah possibly uh, as someone said deceased versus injustice oh you know that's coming you know that will eventually be a thing at some point that'll be skins in the game i guarantee oh that's fun you do that or again uh i don't think uh, they didn't do a crisis did they in the injustice universe like literally call this injustice crisis or crisis of the unjust see see the thing is with deceased they've kind of already got like a way into the injustice universe because we still don't know what happened to the flashes they went Ah. to a different universe which was never named that's right one that you know looked and felt a little bit like this one but wasn't Ooh, i like that yeah because, yeah, what about time travel? They did time travel in Injustice, didn't they? I mean, it yeah, it technically was time travel. And I know Flash tried tried to do it, but it didn't work. I mean, that so, could always be an option. Yeah, I, I mean, they could do something. I mean, Booster Gold was kind of sort of still around, but he died. So they could probably mm-hmm. bring back like a, a, a younger Booster Gold, like one from the past or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see more time travel just so I can get characters like Jonah Hex in there and have it make sense. <laughs> oh, he'd be cool. Like, literally just reskin Aaron Black and be like, okay, he's Jonah Hex now. <laughs> That's literally all you need. I, like, like, I don't know, like, uh, but m- maybe someone tries to go back in time and, like, kill Superman before he can become Injustice Superman. And so, you know, you got, like, a Terminator thing going on, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they try and kill Superman. Maybe they try and kill like Joker. Mm, right to stop it from happening. Yeah. And so the few heroes who are alive need to go back and stop that from happening. Because if you kill Joker, something worse will happen. Butterfly mm-hmm. effect, that sort of thing. Yep. I don't know how that is. That's that's up to Taylor to figure out. He's the writer, not us. He's getting paid for it. We aren't. 
I'm sure he'll figure it out. Hey, Injustice 3, a terrible virus. Uh, what is it? <laughs> an antivirus comes. Yeah, an antivirus. And it's like, you're not even trying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Now, next up from there. Ooh, from the Marvel side of things. And I guess this was the biggest thing Marvel really talked about this week. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg is going to be joining the writing team of Amazing Spider-Man alongside Nick Spencer uh, for a brand new arc starting in spider-man 50 it's called uh, last remains i do believe it's called yeah 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 and this was kind of hinted at at the end of uh uh the most recent spider-man issue issue 44 when yeah uh, kindred seemingly is going to be doing something with like miles and like uh all the spider women and something yeah, like yeah. that yeah the, the whole extended spider-man family he seems mm-hmm. to be gunning for which is interesting because that kind of seems to go against what kindred said at first when it's like no it's you i'm mad at peter parker it's not these other people yeah man, yeah and like that whole issue just seemed to think like kind of change up his his motives a little bit yeah did uh did you read the special uh sin eater one shot they did i haven't yet no it's really good, actually, and it actually has me excited for this. Oh, nice. Yeah, so definitely check that one out. Because, yeah, there was two Spider-Man books this week. There was the mm-hmm. main Amazing Spider-Man, which we'll talk about, and there was the special Sin Eater one-shot that was uh, very cool. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. It's been a while since we've had a big Spider-Man-related to-do, and I like the fact that this isn't the multiversal Spider-Man of, like, Spider-Verse. This is, like, okay, this is the actual main universe Spider-People. Mm-hmm who uh, we haven't seen for a bit, and who Peter doesn't really hang out with all that often. No, no, they're kind of, like, split up from him for a while now. So, yeah, it'll be good to have them all back. Yeah, and also maybe even just finally explain once and for all, what what is our relationship? What is our standing? What do we do? (laughs) Like, heck, I haven't even been reading Spider-Gwen. She's she's part of the main universe now, right? That's what eventually happened with her. She just jumped ship. And and now she just lives in the main universe. Yeah. Yeah. Silk is back, too. I'm happy someone remembered Silk. (laughs) Silk had a lot going for her, but no one cared but me. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, and, and like, even other Spider-Woman, like, you got the main Spider-Woman, and then you got, like, the secondary Spider-Woman no one remembers. Yeah, yeah, no one one cares about them. (laughs) Yeah. Weren't you Madam Web for a second? I can't remember. (laughs) Is Madam Web dead? I think she is. Yeah, technically, yes, but technically not because she's still alive and she was Madam Web. (laughs) It's it's a whole fucking thing. Spider-Man, Spider-Man's crazy. Hmm. Also, I like, uh, again, you know, I'm a big Matthew Rosenberg fan. I think we both are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, you know, before, uh, what is it, before they even got uh spencer on the book i even said i think matthew rosenberg would be perfect for this because you know he's got uh humor he's got continuity i think uh him and spencer will uh compliment each other quite well yeah do, do you also think that because he's been doing it in like all the stuff he's writing do you think like maybe he'll do like like try and connect it up with like his punisher run force works oh, yeah. and like how he's been connecting them all up sort of oh yeah oh 100 we're gonna see connections to that to his kingpin book to his Hell rocket yeah. raccoon book there's gonna be references abound and i can't wait for it. in fact yeah. i hope rosenberg gets to write kingpin again in this somehow yeah yeah so uh yeah new spider-man stuff coming down the pipeline in fact it looks like we're going to be getting a lot of spider-man because this is amazing spider-man 50.lr and i think there's going to be like a couple last rights like special issues uh, mm-hmm. sprinkled throughout yeah they're gonna milk that they're gonna oh, milk of it course. 
I mean, I'm guessing, you know, this is probably around the same time we were supposed to get Spider-Verse 2, so I don't know. I guess so, maybe, yeah. Is this why they're trying to bring all these Spider-People to the forefront? Because, you know, they don't know who the next breakout star is going to be? I guess so, yeah. I mean, Spider-Man Noir is also getting a mini-series around this time, too, so Well, he's already got it. Issue 2 comes out this week. That's right, I forgot it already started. And it's a good book. It's Indiana Jones. Nice, but with Spider-Man. Yeah. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, now, next up from, you know, two more happier stories to one that's a bit, it's a bit of a hot button, Matt. It's a bit of a spicy meatball, but I know it's something if we didn't talk about, people would be asking, hey, why uh, didn't you talk about it? It's a story that's been evolving. And in fact, I saw you tweet about it right before we started. Mm-hmm. And I feel you and I are going to have maybe some different things to say on this one. But there was a uh, J. Lee Tom King cover controversy this week uh for those who remember last week uh, it was announced that uh, tom king will be writing a rorschach miniseries and uh this week uh, because it was solicitation week we got to look at a bunch of the variant covers one of which came courtesy from jay lee a guy you know with a long-standing career in comics i'm sure you've seen his work uh, elsewhere mm-hmm. uh what kind of blew up and kind of became a big deal on comic book twitter though was hey jay lee we haven't seen his work in a bit hey wait didn't didn't he do a cover for Ethan Van Skyver's <laughs> stupid frog book? Oh no, is Jay does Jay Lee suck? I think Jay Lee might suck now and we don't know. And the problem was no one could actually get in touch with Jay Lee because he doesn't really do Twitter or social media or no. the internet. He's 48 years old. He's almost as old as my dad. Well, not so, a, and not only that, he lives in South Korea and English isn't his first language. Right. So yeah, so he was hard to reach for all of this and a lot of people were wondering you know like is is this okay is this i don't know and tom king kind of came out of the woodwork on this one he's like whoa 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 you know if jay lee sucks i didn't know about it they actually don't okay covers with writers which is actually not an uncommon thing believe it or not again this person ultimately ended up sucking but uh Cameron Stewart back during that like Batgirl run when they had like the really grotesque Joker cover for his Batgirl. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the first times it came up of like, yeah, they don't actually okay these variants with us no. is the thing. And he he basically washed his hands of the whole thing, Tom King. And he's like, well, you know, if this is true, if Jay Lee sucks, if he's affiliated with, you know, a hate group ostensibly, I had nothing to do with it. And just, you know, a lot of covering his own ass which makes a lot of sense from a creative standpoint here's a guy who clearly wants to go to hollywood and clearly wants to do other things (laughs) and doesn't need something like this hanging over his head uh eventually jay lee was reached for comment and eventually you know he did you know kind of clear things up and he said you know i'm not i'm not part of any group He, he didn't use the name which i thought was interesting he's like i'm not part of any group I'm not on social media. I'm not on Twitter. I don't know what's going on. I took the gig for money, et cetera, et cetera. And that was basically where it ended. But then it evolved a little bit more today where Jay Lee is actually now kind of mad at Tom King for bringing this up. Well, I mean, he didn't bring it up in the first place. Other people brought it up and King reacted to it. But he's basically like, you know, hey, you even just even implying that I'm part of this shitty group means I'm getting phone calls from all over the world and everything and having to feel that. And uh, apparently him and his wife were like spreading the ashes of their dog the week this happened. And basically it all got really ugly. And uh, Jay Lee basically said like, yeah, I'm not happy with Tom King and what he's doing. So all in all, a pretty <laughs> fucked up uh, scenario and situation. Yeah. And the thing that I didn't very much like about it is that Tom King just kind of like waved it off. Didn't even apologize. 
like properly. Just like, eh, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, it's good for me now because my ass is covered. Yeah, he didn't even like pull, and he still has that post up, uh, like accusing him, accusing an an Asian artist of being a white supremacist. I I, I mean, the leader of the Proud Boys is half Korean, and I mean, if we want to look historically, <laughs> even look at Star Girl, Asian people support the causes of white supremacy all the time because white supremacists hold up <laughs> Asians as the model minority. But we're not talking about that. That's a that's a whole other conversation. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can agree it's. Nice that Jay Lee isn't, he doesn't suck, seemingly, though I will admit the whole, you know, ignorance is a defense thing. How long can that, you know, work for you, especially when you work in the comic industry and like what's going to stop, you know, people from asking you to do this again? In like in his his little article there where he kind of like wrote on Instagram, I'm like, okay, so yeah, you're definitely mad that people thought you might have been racist. But you seem more mad at the idea that you might lose future work from racists on this, too. <laughs> and that King put you on blast and revealed that that's a thing you did. Which, I didn't know he did that, because I don't follow stupid frog comics. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Just because he he doesn't live in America. He mm. English isn't his first language. Yeah. Uh, he You know, outside of America, Comicsgate isn't, like, a thing. Like, it's, like yeah. even here in Australia, like people i have seen people talk about it but it, it, to the larger comic book community it's like what the fuck is this it's because all I, the ringleaders and grifters are from like you yeah. know north america and i could understand how he who probably only talks with people over email because it's easier uh, um true. would just get like an email out of the blue from uh what's he the frog comic guy yeah um, frog man and, and who he's just like hey just you want to do my cover and i'll give you this amount of money and yeah, I could understand him doing it for money and not understanding that he's he's representing like a, a fucking hate yeah. group. I could understand. Yeah, and, that, no. and again, that's really scummy on Ethan Van Skyver's part as well, kind of taking advantage of that. Of a, of a guy who, oh yeah, he absolutely knew, ooh, this guy has name cachet, yeah. isn't on Twitter, doesn't know what's going <laughs> on. I bet I could get him yeah. to agree to this. So yeah, I mean, maybe Lee is a victim on this one. I hope he is. I really, <laughs> really do. I, I, I did not enjoy that little bit of thinking like, oh, does Jay Lee suck now? Because <laughs> it feels like that happens every day on Twitter and social media. Like, oh no, does this person and I like suck now. I uh, yeah, and and this whole thing wouldn't have been an issue if Tom King maybe called the guy before accusing him, you know, because yeah. it was like an after the fact sort of thing. Is he accused him and then yeah. was like, oh, maybe I should get in contact with this guy. Th- this is definitely one of those hindsight is twenty twenty situations where it's like King was so quick to cover his own ass from any wrongdoing, which again makes sense because he clearly wants to leave comics and go write for movies and other things. But it's like, look, you should have, you should have like bit the bullet for a little bit, taken the heat on you, and then like you know cleared it up with him before making it a big Twitter thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, again, it feels very much like his, uh, what is it, his freaking shit was blowing up, and then he's like, okay, I gotta like move, move the scorn over to someone else and uh yeah and lee didn't really seem to like it all all in all kind of ugly and hilarious too that it's a fucking rorschach comic is the hilarious part <laughs> that's what i yeah i found like hugely ironic about all of this is it's a comic about what is literally the first incel 
Yeah, 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 the original incel. Friggin' Walter Kovacs. Yeah, wow, you're 100% correct about that. Whoa, 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 hey, we don't want to read a book about our hateful character if it was drawn by someone connected to a hateful group. That's just, well, I, can't, I can't enjoy it at that point. But yeah, so, fucked up situation, and I'm sure this was amplified, like, way more, too, because this comes hot on the heel of the dynamite news from last week that we mm-hmm. ever so briefly talked about, which actually, oh, oh, that diamond thing turned out to be worse than we actually realized. Oh, yeah. Because some, someone followed the receipts and they're like, oh, no, no, this this isn't a new thing Diamond was doing with these gator folks. Oh, no, no, the, the head of, uh, what is it, uh, Dynamite had actually been dealing with these people since, like, 2018 and giving them, like, money and moral support and everything. And it's like, oh, hachi machi, that's bad. Yeah, yeah, so they're not going to be a company for very long. No, well, here's the thing. That was the other big piece of news. When that eventually came out, all their biggest writers, you know, all their biggest name cachet yeah. writers, basically all up and left. And they have no no foot to stand on. And it's like, yeah, what are you going to do now? You, you're not going to be able to get those people back. But we have Scott Lobdell now. <laughs> but we got Scott Lobdell. I mean, surely, uh, you know, they'll get Scott Lobdell and Cameron Stewart and anyone else who got run out of the industry on the rail. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, holy shit! What a what a what a motherfucker! And here's the best thing too, uh, Dynamite. Even though we've talked shit about them two weeks on in a row, they clearly don't listen because I'm still on their fucking mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> they sent me more stuff this week, and they're like, "Hey, everybody, just you know, just going to send these early solicits your way." And da 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 da. I'm like, Dynamite, Dynamite. Do you not know? Oh my God, they're a ghost. They don't know. <laughs> Look, you can depart this earth. It's fine. <laughs> I absolve you. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's uh, there's your weekly dose of actually pretty serious news, everyone. I know we try and keep things light and fun here on the Comic Multiverse, but sometimes you got to address these things. And that was us addressing it. Uh, from there, we move on to the next big event news coming out of DC. This one's apparently slated for December, and it's called Endless Winter. Yes, and it's being touted as a Justice League event. They haven't, cool. they haven't said that it's like a, a line-wide event, that it's just a Justice League event. Right, Justice League, that's kind of in a weird place right now, because, you know, they got the fill-in writer, uh, what is it there, who is Jurgen? Uh, right, it was Jurgens, right, who's writing it? Uh, Simon Spiro. So, oh, right, Spiro, who's writing it now as a bit of a fill-in, and then it's going to become it's going to start crossing over with death metal soon and the next mm-hmm. like arc after that is going to be all death metal mm-hmm. and then i guess after that you know by the time christmas rolls around in december we'll be hitting up endless winter yeah so i I've, i'm not sure what this exactly is though that i have kind of like a theory mm-hmm. and well, so, so endless winter is the name of like a fucking d-list villain from yes, like villainous. like ages ago ages ago um and the thing with her is that she had ties to ultra humanite oh. and ultra humanite is currently the villain in batman superman yes indeed he is and that's kind a of story. And, and he's building up like an army and trying to figure out to, a way to stop batman and superman with an army hmm. maybe it's something to do with that I, uh, I assume because it was December, this is just them doing a seasonal Christmas event, in which case I wish it could they also did more be that, seasonal yeah. events. I'd like to... We, we, we don't know what fucking... What's her name? Uh, Nora Freeze is up to. That's true. That's true. 
do something with her do something with icicle again maybe it maybe it's like a follow-up to justice league suicide squad yeah bring uh bring all the ice villains together like they did in the first (laughs) episode of young justice and it's like yeah they they freeze the whole planet and the (laughs) justice league ends up getting snowed in in the watchtower (laughs) and it's like snowed in at the house of mouse they just watch a bunch of christmas cartoons Oh, I like the chat. Yes, yeah, Santa's evil. Santa's finally had enough giving shit away for free, and he yeah, Krampus. Ah, Krampus. Man, I can't believe Marvel did Krampus first. Krampus actually does exist in the Marvel universe. <laughs> I uh, I am for all of these seasonal ideas. I wish the comic companies did more seasonal things. I want to yeah. know what my favorite heroes are doing during Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Christmas crimes. You got it, Jersey Luck. We need more Christmas themed crimes. <laughs> He stole the gingerbread houses. Oh, <laughs> oh no, Lex Luthor stole the star off the top of the Metropolis Christmas tree. <laughs> Motherfucker, we gotta get it back. <laughs> Joker stole the last Turbo Man. <laughs> that's that's all Endless Winter is. They just gotta get that last Turbo Man. The last Turbo Man for, for Damian Wayne, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damian, you know you're rich, right? Yeah, but even I can't get one and I'm rich. <laughs> But you could just buy the company and make get them to make you one. Ah, but I want one from the shop. Yeah, but where's the fun in that? <laughs> Bruce doesn't have any money anymore. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's lots of fun places they could go with that one. Uh, moving on to what ended up being our final story this week. Uh, and you might actually have more insight into this than I did, Matt, because you actually watched the stream panel. I did not. Uh the boys it turns out they've been uh, renewed for a third season already and season two hasn't even come out yet they have they didn't really give much away on this they just said like third season is happening um second season comes out in what september yeah fairly soon i I gotta get that i have literally had a video on the first season done for like half a year and i haven't finished it (laughs) oh it's the perfect time now (laughs) i guess yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, come back. Uh, I, I'm kind of excited. With they they showed us a clip, and I, I don't want to don't want to spoil it for you because it's like it, it's it's pretty gnarly, and it's like worse than that dolphin part in the first in the oh. first one. It involves the deep as well, and more uh-huh. what more uh, marine animals, and it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, season one. Like, there's a lot of boys' material, ironically, also from Dynamite. Uh, there's a, like, there's a lot of boys' material that they didn't even really touch on in Season 1. If they play it right, they could keep this going for a while, especially because it seems like they kind of, you know, set their own course at the end of Season 1. Again, not with, you know, trying to spoil it or anything, but basically they zigged when you thought they were going to zag, and now basically all bets are off. Yeah, yeah. No, don't know where the show's going. I did see, like, the trailers and stuff that kind of gave some stuff away with, like, Homelander, like, trying to teach his son uh, about his powers in the most Homelander way possible, by him throwing <laughs> his son off the roof of a building and hoping, just hoping he would fly. <laughs> well, well, what is this guy, a freaking Tekken villain? He's going to throw I, him off I'd, the I'd laugh. I'd laugh if that, like, happened and the kid just, like, dies. <laughs> and if that's you're strong if you're strong enough come back and fight me uh i guess amazon is probably super stoked on having their own successful superhero show mm-hmm. now to compete with all the other streaming services absolutely yeah because it feels like there was quite the superhero arms race there for a bit where every show and every streaming service wanted one mm-hmm. and honestly i forget that i have amazon sometimes as part of having <laughs> prime i just checked it out the other day and i sat and i watched like fucking the 
Billy Bob Thornton Bad News Bears, and I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> they just put uh, on mine. They just put all these seasons of the X Files up, so I've been watching Ooh, them. Nice, nice. I saw they have a Hannah, and I'm like, oh yeah, that pretty good movie they made into a TV show. Yeah, I'm not sure about the TV show. I'm, I I suppose it's probably good because it's like an Amazon original, and all their yeah. originals are really great. And it's like three seasons deep right now, so yeah. surely someone is watching it. <laughs> They also had Knives Out. Knives Out went right there instead of Netflix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you haven't watched it, you got to watch The Expanse. Expanse is good. Mm, is that about space? Yes, and but it's like like kind of realistic space with the sh- like Mars and everything, and it's actually really well done. Right on. But there's uh, like, like there's ch- like aliens and shit in it as well, so that's cool. That's cool. I like checking out all their different documentaries and shit they have. Mm-hmm. Like some are pretty good and some are like, oh, I can see this was too cheap to go anywhere else. So he threw it up here. I like finding all that cheap shit on there. There is so much of it as well, which I really like. It really is. <laughs> I was going to say, unlike Netflix, I don't think Amazon has like the deep, deep pockets of like schlocky D-list horror movies. Oh, no, they do. They absolutely do. Oh, uh, they do. Well, yeah, well, some of the stuff I've seen, it's just it's just like, oh, like they just send 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 it into Amazon and they'll just put it up. <laughs> they won't even check it first. <laughs> when it's like, hey, you know, this uh, Netflix looks at it and they're like, mm, no, we're too good for this. I think we have a little <laughs> high standards. All right, off to Amazon you go. <laughs> Is exactly it. <laughs> oh yeah, they have Man in the High Castle too. Mm-hmm. I forgot that's that was their I, other big premiere show. Yeah, I hadn't watched the last two seasons. I guess it's like, how long can you do that premise for? Like, hey. Well, I, I know uh, they changed it up heaps, like, in the oh, last really? couple of seasons, yeah. Oh, as Jersey Luck reminds me, too. Yeah, they're also going to be doing that Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. show. Holy shit, yeah, I guess they do have money to burn. Yeah, which apparently would be the most expensive TV series. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm, just, I'm reserving judgment until I see it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we got three pretty good movies on it, but I guess if you want to do all that shit in the Cimmerillion, that they're like, no, nah, we can cut this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think maybe that's probably what's going to be a lot of this, lot of the show about the Cimmerillion. I'm excited for that. I like the Cimmerillion. Yeah, yeah. There's some fun stuff there. It's that, it's that deep, deep nerd fantasy shit. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you think we'll finally get Tom Bombadil? Do you think that's the reason they did this just to get Tom Bombadil <laughs> an, in there? It's a Tom Bombadil origin story. Oh. It's like gritty, gritty, realistic. <laughs> He's uh, what is it? He's like that guy from The Walking Dead where it's like, man, they devoted so many fucking episodes to him. Really? Who, Negan? Yeah, Negan. Yeah, they're just like, man, how many was now like I, I haven't been paying attention to the show, but like I saw pictures of him like he's like best friends with Daryl now. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are that like? wasn't there there's like a whole arc so he had them on the ground and he was like beating their friends heads in with fucking baseball yes. bats and like what the fuck i i still cannot believe like again because they put up all the trailers i cannot believe that show has run for 10 seasons i cannot believe the spin-off show is now mm. six seasons in mm. they 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 also had another spin-off show but i think it lasted like an episode because everyone's like, yeah, this this is shit. This is too bad. People in the chat are saying Negan is the main character now. Holy fucking shit. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, it makes sense. Didn't he just get his own comic as well? He did. Yeah. Because Kirkman has never been shy about saying, no, I'm in this solely for the money, motherfuckers. <laughs> I, uh, there's a great interview out there on Harmontown by the time that was done. It was Dan Harmon, the Rick and Morty guy, 
interviewing Kirkman and boy these guys could not be more polar opposites of each other where you know Harmon's like no it needs to be good it doesn't matter if it takes forever it doesn't matter if everyone hates me it'll be good because I'm a perfectionist and everything has to be good and that'll be around when I die and he's talking to Kirkman he's like well what inspired you to do this he's like I wanted to make some fucking money and I made lots of money off it (laughs) he did he really did He really did. And like, you know, Harmon asked in there, it's like, well, you know, does it bother you when they change stuff from your book and everything in the show? Because I know some of it is different. And he's like, nah, not at all, man. I got my books and the checks keep cashing. Some of it's different. I'm pretty sure like it's all different. (laughs) Again, like by the end of season one, it's like, okay, you're off base. Now, how, how long did I actually stick with Walking Dead? I stuck through the terrible farm season where nothing happened. Mm hmm. That was something. Okay, when they got to uh, what is it? The the city that looked nice but wasn't nice. Yeah, the uh, yeah the one rung by the governor. Right, the governor, which is about where I checked out in the comic anyway, because I'm like, all right, this is getting really misery porn. I don't think anyone's actually going to come out of this, and I guess they didn't in the show. I just dropped because I'm like, all right, I'm fucking bored with this now. Yeah, I I got I got a little further than that because they they like had them all on like Netflix for a while there, so I like binged all the seasons, and I think I got to like season seven. I'm just trying to remember what right. the last thing I fucking saw was. I know they had they had like like a town set up, and I I got to meet Jesus, who's a character <laughs> in the show. That's um, right. Uh, all those characters. I remember meeting them. I'm just trying to remember if it was like when what's her name left after fucking what's his name died uh the that asian guy what's his name oh uh yeah yeah little little buddy i remember yeah yeah his wife i i think she was just about leaving the show right because she 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 left the show because she got her own show which lasted i think a season (laughs) oops yeah i i was fine dropping that show glenn glenn was his name that's him glenn glenn uh, the one that the internet thought was short round for some reason, all grown up. <laughs> hey, internet, come on. Not all Asian actors look alike. But seriously, though, if they ever cast him as adult short round in a new indie movie, that would actually be super fucking dope. And they should do that. <laughs> it would be like, seriously, like he comes back, he steals the hat from fucking Shia LaBeouf and goes, no, I short round him. Indy's true son. Follow yeah. me now. And then he gets in these cars with the books on the on the wheels and. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that movie makes a billion dollars in the Chinese market because Indiana Jones is Chinese now, everybody. Deal with it. <laughs> Come on, you can't tell me that's not an easy fucking layup right there. <laughs> and that that wouldn't make all the goddamn money. But uh, yeah, I, I stopped Walking Dead and never looked back. I was done with it culturally. But I mean, man, good good on you, I guess, for sticking with it, everyone. I guess you're more loyal than me. Yeah, did you ever see, like, the, the spinoff? I watched the first episode of the spinoff, and I'm like, this seems cool, but also seems like every other zombie movie I've ever seen. What is it even about? Because, like, I, I keep seeing, like, different things where it's like, oh, it's this cast, and then, it's like, oh, it's that that black guy who was in the first season of Walking Dead is now back in that show, but he's also in the new show, and... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they eventually did with it, but I know the selling point of Fear the Walking Dead was okay. So, like, one of the cleverest things Kirkman does is, you know, we don't have to deal with the whole fall of zombie society because Rick is in a coma and wakes up. Mm-hmm. Fear the Walking Dead is literally like a prequel to where it's like, okay, but let's actually, you know, hang out with a family while the world falls to pieces okay. with zombies everywhere. Yeah, because like the episodes I saw, they were on like, like which I thought was kind of cool. They were on like a boat. 
And mm. I think, oh, is this going to be like all set on a boat? That'd be really cool. Kind of bottle episodes. But yeah, I, I they quickly got rid of that, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess, too, because it's a prequel, they can have all sorts of characters come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What uh, what about Daryl? Is Daryl okay? Is Daryl still in it? Oh, he's like unkillable. You can't kill Daryl. Nothing. He will never die until Norman Reedus either asks for <laughs> a gross amount of money or he just gets bored and wants to go, you know, hang out with uh, Hideo Kojima again or something. That's right. Yeah, man, he lives an interesting life. Uh, Norman yeah, or, Reedus. Or, doesn't or, he? or like he just wants to like go and travel the world on his motorbike, which he he has a show that, about on a- that. On AMC, which I cannot believe that. I'm like, they gave they this to him. They put an ad for it in Death Stranding. <laughs> I'm like, they're clearly just trying to butter him up. He has to be like, look, you can have whatever you want. I want to get paid for riding my motorcycle and going to cool places. Cool, that's a show now. <laughs> Sweet. This job is so fucking easy. Yeah. I-, I kept waiting. I'm like, when is Norman Reedus going to be in more movies and stuff? You know, I kept thinking he was going to break through as a big movie star. I guess he's fine just getting paid to ride his motorcycle and well, play there's also zombie. The, the Walking Dead movies that are happening? Question mark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're actually going to be happening. <laughs> yeah, I truly wonder... Like what the box? Because that was the whole thing with be. Rick. Rick got like shot or something, and he got to get like he got airlifted up into the movies. <laughs> no, literally, that's he got on a on like a helicopter and was like it like Poochie went back to his home planet. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and on that note, everyone, we can talk about what we read this week. Boy, we're full of all the best tangents this week. <laughs> Uh, I read like six books this week, and still I barely made a dent in everything that came out. Please, please tell me next week is going to be lighter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sound confident. I just I, I wrote down what's coming next week. Uh, a shitload of Marvel. I actually have more Marvel next week than I do DC. Oh, wow. Which is a change of pace for me. Yeah, I bet. Uh, so where would you like to start with what we read this week then? Uh, we'll start with Empire, because that's been right, coming out on a regular schedule. <laughs> yes, which I was shocked at that. I'm like, really? Issue 2 is out already? Fuck off. Yeah, and issue 3 is next week. <laughs> wow. Wow. Are we actually going to get a full event here without waits in between? Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, Empire issue number 2. Uh, kind of a lot of cleanup there. You know, it's the Avengers dealing with Sequoia's uh uh what's the old saying there curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal (laughs) (laughs) and uh his reasoning is pretty solid his reasoning is like uh fuck you that's why yeah yeah i i kind of like like the cotardi's reasoning for what they are doing because there is like a really good reasoning for what they are doing um but they still like villains because of like they're like Oh, we're go- we're gonna get revenge, but we also kind of want to assimilate every living thing in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see all the war and hate and everything. It's it's just because of all the animal races. If everyone was a yeah. cool plant like us, no one would fight anymore. And uh, I-, I love Thor is the most offended because he's had the most adventures with Sequoia over the years. <laughs> and he's like, "You're like a nephew to me, man. You're basically the first baby Avenger who we raised." And it's like, "Yeah," and you all fucking left me behind to fight your goddamn civil wars and everything. And swordsmen, or uh, yeah. Yeah, swordsman uh freaking uh mm-hmm. raised me yeah swordsman raised me and put all those weird joe rogan alex <laughs> alex uh what's his jones. name in, jones thoughts in my head 
about, well, about weird animal races. And <laughs> well, you see, Sequoia, the Avengers are making the frogs gay and the five G towers <laughs> were actually invented by the Skrulls. <laughs> And he's like, ah, yes, I am, you know, a wayward young man looking for a father figure. This is fine. I really hope Hawkeye comes up at some point. And it's like, really? You let my shitty surrogate father raise him? What the fuck? <laughs> you saw how I turned out, right? <laughs> I was a villain. <laughs> yeah, for a long time. Oh, my God. But, uh. I like, too, where it's like, oh, you know, the Kree Skrull Empire, they're going to be the villains. No, actually, they're going to kind of be the, uh, what is it, that they're all got to work together. They all got to put their yeah. differences aside. Yeah, I, I I like how Cap's, I think it was Cap or T'Challa that says it was like, like the Kree and Skrull are like kind of helping us, but also kind of got to keep an eye on us because they kind of want to blow up Earth. <laughs> yeah, oops. <laughs> uh, I was really surprised, too, that Al Ewing took uh, extra effort to kind of make uh, Captain Marvel the epicenter of this issue which she has not been and i like that he's working with her and that she actually makes a lot of sense and does a lot of cool shit this issue she does but also i kind of felt like i missed a page because she just kind of shows up when they're like oh how do we focus this power from the star sword where reed's trying to sort it out and she's like i can do it and then the next page is just her being like a conduit for this power i'm like did i miss something is this going to be explained in her book we we can't waste any time, Matt. We got to get to it. Stab me, stab me with the magic sword, and I'll uh, reallocate the power. <laughs> Thank God it worked. And uh, at the yeah. end of it all, she uh, she becomes the new accuser, which I'm like, wow, that's a really smart idea. How have they never done that before? Yeah, yeah. I was really glad that she finally got a promotion. It was a long time coming, I think. She finally From, got a Cree promotion. I like yeah. Tanalath also kind of says that it's like you've you've risen through the ranks of human. Uh, like mm. the human military or it's time you rise through the ranks of the Cree military yep from uh what is it from a uh, miss to captain to accuser <laughs> I mean, hey if they want to give her another costume and a cool hammer i'm down with that that's fine yeah yeah i'm gonna have to pick up her book now to follow that because her issue that comes out this week follows that I feel like that's uh, almost like Ewing challenging himself. Like, okay, so the last several events have shat all over Captain Marvel to the point where <laughs> almost no one likes her anymore. Well, I got a pretty good track record, so what if I make everyone like Carol again? Well, he, he kind of did that as well in that first, in that uh, the Avengers, tire, like, first zero issue of this when, when like, uh, Tony's like, I kind of have to agree with Carol now because she's making a lot of sense. This is her realm, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah, undoing everything that ben just did with her in civil war 2 absolutely so you know more on that uh you you read the tie-ins i have not had the chance to read any tie-ins but you know kind of kind of lightning around us some tie-ins because i know you read quite a few this week uh yeah we had the avengers one which was kind of like a front lines issue with cap and t'challa sort of setting up like uh like a strategy for how they deal with it they're like okay they're invading all these different uh key places on earth the katari so we've got to like stop them at these key places and one of those key places ends up being um uh the savage lands um nice. so literally all of the avengers heavy magical hitters from like uh, scarlet witch brother voodoo um uh black knight he comes back and he's, he gets a nice little bit of dialogue where he's like i i, I was fighting like uh giants and trolls and stuff during uh war of the realms but i kind of want to refocus and be a hero a bit more i'm like ah this is set up for the eternals <laughs> yeah really man he doesn't get invited back all that often yeah so they end up going to the um the savage lands with kazar because kazar's wife and son are there 
and yes, um that's right. yeah yeah the kotati have like fully invaded the, the savage lands and they've actually ended up uh taking over man thing and not only that that they have also assimilated kazar's wife and she's in control mm. of man thing she looks exactly like poison ivy now oh that's fun also using kazar makes sense too because zub wrote this and zub mm-hmm. had kazar be part of his uh what is it uh black panthers mm-hmm. uh, agents of wakanda yeah, yeah, yeah. They mentioned the the agents as well because they're working off the helicarrier and all that sort of stuff. Um, we also get like a little bit with uh, Quicksilver and Mockingbird and Wonder Man, how they're sort of caught in between this uh, battle between the Korean Kratati and Mexico. Uh, and they're kind of like, they have to be kind of the referees of the fight a little <laughs> bit where they're like, okay, the fight's over. We've got to like take these guys prisoners and the Korea like, no kill prisoners because they evil plant people and um the uh, the korean scroll end up turning on them talk about three more characters who only really get to show up as part of big events yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) oh well good on them so uh was that the only tie-in you had or did you have some more i had two more um the next one was the x-men side of things right Uh, this one looked interesting i haven't read this one yet but i want to lots of lots of payoff for like different things um first we the whole setup of the story is uh scarlet witch trying to undo uh her no more mutants thing and she's like traveling Mm. the world dr strange tells her he can't she can't literally undo something that is a touchstone of her reality because that would mean undoing (laughs) herself and of the marvel universe really you can't undo house of m yeah yeah um so she travels the world to try and like make recompense for that and she ends up making a staff and she goes to genosha where all those like 16 million mutants died right, right. and um ends up bringing them all back to life but they're all zombies Uh-oh. uh so when the katari invade they invade genosha as like their staging ground for a wakandan invasion mm. um so they're all getting all set up there and they find these zombies and they're zombies so they can't you know easily die but on top of that they're mutant zombies <laughs> so so it's plants versus zombies um basically this, this also too probably doesn't help us scarlet witch try and fix her image where they're literally calling her the boogeyman of mutant mm-hmm. kind on krakoa yeah. no yeah. i'm good i promise oh fuck i made zombies yeah yep yeah. um and yeah, because the Kotadi are there, there was a Krakoan gate on Genosha and oh. um, the Kotadi sort of like tried to take it over and were strangling it and Black Tom could feel that because he's like fucking the island or something. I don't know. <laughs> or something. Yeah, That's yeah. right. I forgot the Kotadi have the same portal tech as the mutants <laughs> do on Krakoa so they can appear <laughs> and disappear whenever they want. Yeah. Um, so he feels that there is something happening on Genosha. So... Uh, angel puts together a little team to go and investigate oh yeah um, angel got to do something yeah they've again more conspiracy stuff with xavier and stuff this issue this is kind of like a, a required reading for hickman stuff as well well, he um, wrote this, didn't he? Yes, yes, he did. Um, cause, so of course it'll be important. Because Angel was um, meant to be looking after X Corp. And mm, um, that's Xavier, right, he's a rich trust fund kid. That makes and, sense. And Xavier plants um, magic in his in X Corp as sort of like a person to keep an eye on Angel to make sure he's not redundant. Because mm. what he wants to do, he wants to make sure x-corp is worthy of keeping around otherwise he'll just dissolve it and keep angel close to him again he's like shoring up his like mm. who his well-trusted mutants around him because remember there's all these mutants that are starting to sort of uh. question what he's saying whereas angel doesn't question what charles says 
He's he's also a horseman too, so I imagine mm-hmm. he's the sort of person that uh, what is it? Uh, Apocalypse would probably want on his side too if he could. Yeah. So um yeah, he takes a team there with Jamie Madrox and all that, and they try and sort out all the um all the zombies and plant people that are there. But then also horticulture show up, which are the golden girls, oh, those old shit. women. I kept waiting for them to come back. Oh my god, that is the best yeah. long game ever. They show up because they're they have to do with plants and and everything yeah, yeah. and and this yeah they jam. they show up and they have to begrudgingly help the X Men. That's fucking cool. All right, this this jump to my must read list. <laughs> it's it's really damn cool because it's like Hickman paying off all the stuff that he's been building, but then also delving into this whole Katari stuff as well, and it, it all just works. Fits. It all works. Yeah. I, I guess we now understand why Ewing was on those like bigger X Men calls too. Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're doing a plant thing. That's funny. I'm doing a plant yeah. thing too. Yeah, it, it makes yeah. sense. And as the chat brings up, yes, uh, what is it? Uh, zombies versus aliens versus old ladies. That's actually what the book is called. <laughs> Amazing. That's fucking yeah. so cool. And also kind of a Rick and Morty thing. And there's old women now. <laughs> yeah. So that and that the, those these times are all like. I think only three issues long. Right. I think there are only three issues long. Um, the last one I had in was the Lords of Empire, which is the Emperor Hulkling issue. Next issue is the the Sequoia issue. Right. Uh, yeah. So I this think one, Swordsman gets one too. Yeah, this one kind of fills in the gaps of like what made Hulkling want to become the leader, which is and very important. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like a tragic love story because it's written by Chip Zdarsky and Anthony. Oh olivera i think he's yes yes um and yeah it's i I know who you mean uh hulkling he's just kind of like you know not doing anything every he 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 has a line where like everyone seems to kind of forget about him like like even captain america like gets his name wrong like no (laughs) one really cares about him well like wiccan is off like adventures with like blade and all these other cool avengers he's he's stuck at home pretending to be on an adventure with with spider-man and he like shapeshifts into spider-man to take a selfie with himself and all that sort of stuff that's sad um so he's gone to like clubs with his friends and everything and he gets approached by raxor and beladan the two the kree scroll and they like kind of tell him look you got to come with us because you've got to be king of this new empire um and the whole club the whole everyone in the whole like mutants sort of club they're in is a scroll who is against him becoming king because they call him <laughs> the, the deviant son oh that's right because he's half korea yeah and um I, I, i'm up- sure that means because he's half korea not because <laughs> he also just so happens to be gay right yeah <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah i'm yeah. sure that's what they meant oh there, there, there's a whole through line of that throughout this um so he he and they end up escaping and everything and they end up he ends up going to meet him with Tanalath and everything and um we get that part from incoming where he has to explain what's happening to Wiccan in that hour. Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. So him and Wiccan go and meet with Tanalath. Tanalath is a complete bitch to Billy. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. He's a complete bitch to him. Like, oh, this is this is the king's pet jester monkey that he brought with him and all this sort of stuff and and, and Billy's equally bitchy back i really love it it's really great as the chat is saying and yes i actually saw uh what is it anthony alvera talking about this on twitter he was able <laughs> to get the word twink into a marvel yeah, comic yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah we we, we kind of learned that tanalath and like like how we we predicted tanalath and all the people surrounding billy are kind of like manipulating him mm. um 
that they she sets up a uh, a fake sort of attack by Cree purists um who, who come and like oh they're here to kill the king we gotta like protect hulkling we gotta protect him and it was it was really just a test to see if if uh teddy would do the right thing and actually just kill them instead right, right. but instead he wants to, wants to like rule with peace because that's like how he remembers what his mother said about his father like he would always do something good for someone even if he didn't know them he'd always try and do the good thing and he tries to do that he's trying to offer them peace and everything captain glory's like no fucking kill them all kill them all <laughs> you know um and he won't do that and they actually end up convince him to completely cut ties with wiccan including oh getting rid of his his proposed marriage to him oh, no. um in order to rule the people and uh, the the only offset is he 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 agrees to rule but only if he can do it through peace and they oh. say like yeah yeah sure we'll do that but obviously that's not going to be the the thing that's well, not going to be fun. it yeah so it's, it's a great issue it's a, again it's like a tragic love story and i like that he he did the wrong thing but for the right reason mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah they make a big yeah. point of that that's really cool. Yeah, well, I'll definitely have to check that one out, too. He's getting one, Sequoia's getting one, and mm-hmm. Swordsman is getting one, and these all actually sound pretty important. They, yeah, that, that's the thing. They're like tie-ins, but they're like, oh, these are like kind of pertinent information in here. Very much so for fleshing out the backstory. You would expect mm-hmm. that would be a flashback within Empire, but no, it's mm-hmm. a whole uh, whole comic you got to get. Yeah, so I'm guessing maybe like most of these tie-ins are actually going to be like required reading. I mean, if they pared it down from 23 to whatever's left, yeah, I can only assume the ones left behind are the most important ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, even in, I think even like that checklist in the back is still wrong because I couldn't find the Empire X-Men book anywhere in it because there's X-Men issue 10, which comes out this week, which again is another tie-in. But there's no Empire X-Men like how it was in this. Like I think it might have been further down the list. So again, they're like moving things around. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, well, thank God they have uh, comic book channels like us, Matt, to help everyone keep it straight. Yeah, and at least it all makes sense as well. Yeah, true, yeah. There's no like stuff that's that. not referenced in any of these books that hasn't happened already. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good sign. Usually this late into an event, they already start fucking up. Mm-hmm stuff starts contradicting uh i guess from the world of marvel to the world of dc we had batman number 95 this week the big kickoff for joker war yeah and it was pretty damn good yeah i liked it too uh tynan has taken the joker into some very interesting directions i love that his plot so much that we can see of it is some real like golden age silver age shit like i stole your fortune and now i'm going to use it to buy all the movie houses in gotham including the one where your parents were killed at <laughs> yeah because yeah joker knows who batman is yes he does and uh, he's ready to play a big big old joke on him and take everything away from him and in fact the joker even gets a little meta this issue when he's buying the monarch theater the guy says oh you know young people they don't care for the old movies anymore you know why would they pay for something they've seen a hundred times already to which the joker has this whole speech of being like no people love watching the same thing over and over again they love you know uh what is it imparting their own ideas they love knowing what's going to be said next the trick is just to peel back 
back the layers and find, you know, new complexities at the mm-hmm. bottom of it. And I'm like, oh, and this is James Tyne and being like, why would you do another Joker event? We've had so many. This is why. Yeah, he's yeah, and and, and to be fair, like, yeah, he is doing something different with these characters. Very and oh, yeah. yeah, something that's not your usual like stuff that you'd see like Scott Snyder or Tom King or someone like that do. Feels very different. Mm, absolutely, yeah. We, uh, we also get to see this issue. I appreciate that uh, interim commissioner Bullock isn't stupid. And he's like, no. <laughs> no, obviously we know the Joker is behind this. It's just he's using the greatest superpower ever money to tie the hands of the mayor and the media and everyone else. So he literally can't act. Yeah, I, I, I do like that. Yeah, and it's not just him as well. It just seems like everyone kind of knows that like the Joker's behind this, but they can't do anything about it because he has the power of money and social media. <laughs> Boy, boy, what a what a freaking modern, you know, topical message. Jeez, a bad man is doing bad things very publicly, but we can't do anything. Why doesn't someone <laughs> stop the bad man? I don't know. <laughs> Again, I don't think he meant a political message in there, but still, that's what I gleaned from it. Uh, also, too, we get to see a new costume. Uh, what is it? A new potential bat suit that uh, Lucius had made the idea that this would be the bat suit for if, you know, they ever saved Gotham. Oh, Lucius didn't make it. Alfred did. That's right. He did. Well, didn't he say he built it on Alfred's designs or am I remembering that wrong? No, no, he, he, um, B- Lucius thought that B- Bruce bought, uh, made it cause he found the files on the computers, but then, uh, Bruce thought that Lucius made it cause he found the files on the computers, uh, not realizing that it was like Alfred. Cause then that's when Alfred sort of comes into the story with like his, in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he got drugged, but now he's starting to hear Alfred's voice everywhere. I, I like it's punchline who does the drugging. And I don't know if this was intentional, but I thought this was clever where she's like, Oh yes, I've drugged you with a uh, scarecrow poison, but it's also <laughs> cut with Joker venom and a little bit of uh, Bane super steroid too. And I'm like, oh, she thinks she's really clever because she did that first. No, she didn't. Actually, they've done that a bunch. Again, again, she's like that 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 fan that like thinks they, they're new. They, they've got a new idea where really it's been done a hundred times before. In fact, I can point exactly where it was done before. What is it? The, uh, the broker. Uh, what is mm-hmm. it? That guy running the crazy, uh, what is it? Auction house for mm-hmm. uh, Batman memorabilia in uh, Snyder's Black Mirror. I'm pretty sure he did that first where he hit him with like a cocktail of everything. Yeah. yeah. So that's funny. That's a, that's a fun callback and reference. And also the Joker has stolen all of Batman's shit and painted smiles on it. <laughs> yeah, stealing his jets and stuff. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> I love that because, again, Arc 1 is all about setting up all these high-tech, you know, uh, new things Batman is using. And then this arc is like, oh, and now they're all going to get turned against you. Yeah, yeah. This is this is why it's bad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool Joker War off to a good start. Like you said, it feels different. And I appreciate that it feels different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and the best thing is, as well, it's short. They'll be done yes. by 100 issues. Yeah, and so this is issue to... 95, so we got like four issues left. And I also like, too, that basically the overall arch of this seems to be uh, Batman did a bad in the Tom King years <laughs> by pushing everyone away and being an unrelatable dickhead. And now he needs to bring them all back together. And as we've seen, uh, Nightwing is already in the artwork, so I'm guessing he gets him back somehow. Yeah, I'm not playing, paying attention to what's happening in the Nightwing book at the moment, Neither and I don't I. really need to, so yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I literally hope it's something so simple as Batman goes to Bloodhaven. Dick, your name is Dick. <laughs> slap, slap, slap. Yeah, it's something he should have done like 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 a couple right of days away. after. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dick, I'm so sorry. I got so into my relationship with Catwoman. That was my bad. I should have been looking after you, Dick, and not this Dick. And he points down. <laughs> <laughs> to which, to which, at that point, Dick just gets his memories back and like, oh, that's so fucking gross, Bruce. All right, let's get yeah. get me my blue costume and let's he, go back and fix this. He cringes his identity back into existence. Back in ah, <laughs> oh, that's the Batman I remember. Sadly, <laughs> hey, how the Titans doing right now? Since I lost my memory, oh, Dick, it got really bad. Dick, Roy is dead and Wally's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Nightwing, oh fuck. Can I lose my memory again, please? <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, uh now what else did we have after that? Uh, did, did you uh, have someone else you wanted to take? Uh yeah, I had Action Comics issue 1023. Oh yes, from Batman to Superman. How is the Superman doing? Pretty damn good. There is some like kind of weird choices for characters this issue, but like the the like this is the issue that like superman's new status quo on his war on crime is is shown and it's it's really fucking creative right. um i'll talk, just talk about the the weird thing is is that for some reason red cloud is now like a huge xenophobic dirtbag like oh, just comes oh. out of fucking nowhere um and i went back and checked on like the previous issues and it's nowhere in there but like this issue like everything she says is like Get the fuck out of Earth, you dirty fucking alien. Go the fuck back to your planet. Where did that come from? Wow. <laughs> no fucking guy. And she's like like hard hard onto it. Like, it's like, I gotta take care of this alien and his family right now. I'm like, where the fuck did all this come from? Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, but no, the the really cool stuff was when clark and that realize like the what the invisible mafia have been up to and he's like right well i've been too distracted with leviathan and lex luther and all this other shit i'm gonna take care of all of this tonight and he <laughs> does he decides to fight the mafia how they would fight but instead of you know doing drive-bys and firebombing their buildings he gets brainiac 5 to develop a shrink ray and he shrinks their businesses and gives them <laughs> to them so they cannot use them wow Gee, Superman, it's like you could have done this whenever you wanted to. You just weren't motivated. Yeah. Well, th th see, that's the thing. That's what what he says in that book. Like, I was too distracted, and they caught me off guard. And during like when he was fighting Leviathan and Lex Luthor and all of this other shit, and he didn't have any time to focus on it. And it's his fault. He 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 makes it clear that this is his fault that this has gone on for so long, and he wants to make mm -hmm. it better caught me slipping but you won't caught me slipping no more <laughs> yeah so yeah him and connor and john and lois decide to like go around and just like start shrinking all of these businesses that and it's funny the business that uh the the black uh the invisible mafia are using is called the black label club uh -huh. i'm like ah is that is that a jab to black label <laughs> i'm sure it is i'm shocked bendis doesn't have a black label book already no it's coming it's coming i imagine <laughs> Uh, maybe this is coming <laughs> maybe they turned down his pitch maybe that's why <laughs> they're like no brian you stick doing these <laughs> uh so uh yeah well i'm glad to hear that you're actually enjoying action comics i know yeah. it's kind of been an up and down roller coaster it has been yeah 
what else did I have? Ooh, I had uh, I had the two Spider-Man books there, both the Amazing and the Special Sin Eater Prologue. Yeah, tell me about them. Okay, well, I mean, you you read Amazing, which is basically one giant nightmare setup. But oh mm-hmm. wait, is it really a nightmare? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. It's it's a fun conceit. It's very creative. I like that once again, Nick Spencer cannot help but bring in some of the characters from Superior Foes. So it's Spider-Man hanging out with Overdrive in his dream, but maybe it's not a dream. Yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. And uh, Overdrive actually being really fucking cool here when he gets in trouble with a bunch of uh, the inner demons because he helped them rob a bank. And then, you know, uh, (laughs) the Sin Eater comes out of nowhere and starts mowing people down. And he escapes by turning a dollar bill into like a hand glider so he can escape. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like wow that's really clever why don't they do more with overdrive he could be like marvel's kite man hell yeah 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 <laughs> overdrive booyah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just him running around and uh well, we get a little touch of inception in this issue too where it's like oh that that was a horrible dream i better call uh mary jane and spill my guts and talk about how much i love her and how much i want to marry her etc etc only for kindred to be psych dream within a dream motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. That's a power I have. (laughs) He also seeks to imply that, yeah, I'm tired of just fighting you, Spider-Man. I'm going to be going after your family now. Yeah, yeah. That's like the end part with all those those spider women and miles and all that. Which is weird because, again, that that was one of the few things I could say made Kindred interesting. Mm Because unlike all the other villains, he straight up said, you know, I I am mad at you, Peter Parker, and no one else. Not Spider-Man. I'm mad at you. Could it could be a trick? It could all be it always be. be a trick. This is another dream within a dream within a dream. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It, it could be a Kansas City shuffle. It's the no. I just wanted you to think I was going after them, but really it was you. <laughs> yeah. And the way he's going after them is interesting, and that's going to tie into the whole sins rising thing because it seems like Kindred isn't going after them himself. Kindred has enlisted Stanley Carter, the Sin Eater, to do so, and that uh, is kind of explored further in the special Sin Eater one shot. Nice. It's, it's Stanley Carter basically doing a secret origin of his own life, and uh, Spencer kind of fills in some blanks that wasn't there. We see his childhood. We see his run-in with the original Sin Eater creature that inspired him. Okay. And then it really gets creative in the halfway point because, you know, it's Stanley Carter talking about his life, and it gets to the point where, you know, he always oh, going to put on the green uh, ski mask and go commit his first murder. And, you know, he's telling it to you the way he thinks it happens. Mm-hmm. But then we see, like, a true crime documentary on the other page saying how it actually happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in the 70s. And that keeps happening to the point where he kills the first guy which he did originally, and then he looks at the TV and he sees the true crime documentary and he takes notice of it, of all this shit that hasn't happened yet. Then he walks out on stage of the true crime documentary and tries to defend himself to the audience. Oh, (laughs) jeez. For all the people he killed. Then you discover, oh, wait, this isn't a flashback at all. This is hell. Oh, so he's in, like, purgatory. This is him literally in hell, for all the bad stuff he did, but he even goes a step further to be like, no, no, I, I killed the Sin Eater again back in the 70s. I didn't load his gun and he got shot by a bunch of cops. And they even go back and show you that Sal Buscema page from the 70s. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I love it when they do that, to which then, like, you know, the demons or devils who are taunting him, they're like, oh, Stanley, you, you fucked up, son. You done goofed. We're not punishing you for your sins. We're punishing you for all the sins you ate. Mm-hmm. 
that's literally the point of all of this. And, like, basically the idea is, is that he'd be tortured for, like, a million billion years if Kindred didn't save him. Oh, well. Kindred literally <laughs> pulls him out of hell and says, okay, I saved you. You got to be the Sin Eater again now, and you got to go after the <laughs> Spider-Man family for me. <laughs> oh, nice. Or I can just snap my fingers and, you know, yeah, you'll be back go in back hell. to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a pretty fucking good motivation, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I like that a lot. And I'm like, man, never did I think Sin Eater would be such like uh, an important character in this run because everyone knows him from like the night Gene DeWolf died. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's like he's a, he's a silly looking character. He's got like a fucking purple turtleneck. And a yeah, he's, he's like an ass. he's like an inverse Baron Zemo in color scheme. Basically, basically, like, he's like if player two chose a Baron Zemo in a fighting game, and you you're Baron Zemo as well. Exactly, and it's like, does he have any powers? No, he has a shotgun, and not even a good <laughs> shotgun, a double barrel shotgun. <laughs> but again, as I think they seek to imply in the Amazing Spider-Man book, he's more than that. Now he might actually be a demon too, or a ghost, or something. What have powers? Yeah. He might have powers now, which also, too, hey, if you go to the Marvel Wiki, they actually uh, retconned a couple of the other times he came back. Ooh. They're like, hey, remember when Carnage fought the Sin Eater, who was, like, even more paranormal in that uh, Axis uh, miniseries? Uh, Yeah, that wasn't the real Sin Eater. That was another Sin Eater. And then when Venom fought him, when uh, he seemingly came back as a zombie under Null, no, that wasn't Stanley Carter. That was the third Sin Eater, Michael uh, Earserworst. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, that's good, because I was even complaining about that. I'm like, really, Kindred, you're bringing back Stanley Carter? This is like the third time in the last five years. (laughs) Only to be like, -uh uh-uh, no, it's not. My idea was cool and original. They ripped me off. (laughs) So that was interesting. And uh, again, further strengthens the idea of like, okay, well, who the fuck is Kindred then? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Especially since now, like, in issue 44, they've, like, kind of changed up how, like, they're going after the Spider-Man family now. Mm-hmm. It's, like, changed up, like, so then that, like, changes what we think of who they are and, like, oh, oh it's going to get revealed soon. It has to. It has I would to. think so. I I still don't think it's Gene DeWolf. I think that's way too obvious mm-hmm. to make it that. I think that's totally meant to be a red herring this obsession uh, with the sin eater and bringing him back as a big villain. I I'm mm-hmm. still putting all my money on George Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. I could say, Oh, and then there's that whole thing where it's like, it could be like a bunch of different people. Yeah. Like the could, souls of people or something. Yeah. We could murder on the Orient express it. Yeah. Uh, Cause again, everything we know about kindred so far was someone who died and went to hell to become mm-hmm. a demon. So it had to be someone who was bad already, or at least someone who maybe took a life uh, in the line of duty, uh, perhaps. Someone who hates Peter Parker specifically, not even Spider-Man, but Peter Parker, and particularly hates the way he treats Mary Jane and treats the women in his life. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. So- sounds like it could be a jilted lover. Sounds like it could be any of these people. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we will see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's Harry Osborn either. I know that was a lot of people's like early one. That's again t- a bit too obvious. It's because we've done the Harry Osborn reveal before. Even if you go a little step further and be like, "Oh, it's the pre One More Day Harry Osborn or something like that," I still think that's too obvious a Harry Osborn reveal. Yeah, yeah. It's either going to be someone we haven't thought about in twenty years, or it might be someone new. I. <laughs> I don't know how it could happen, and it really probably could. I'm not too familiar with it. But like, what if it was like Ultimate Peter Parker? 
Mm, I mean, the Ultimate Universe has come back now in the pages of Venice. Yeah. So that would be a fuck of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, to be like, yeah, I'm the Peter Parker who got to grow and change and grow older and everything. Yeah, and I see how you're treating these people, and it's wrong. Yeah, but why would he be in hell, though, that Peter Parker? Yeah, a number of reasons you you could make up for something like that. I don't know, yeah. Also, Kingpin knows Kindred's voice is the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, Kingpin's been in a lot of stories and a lot of books, so there's lots of ways he could know that. But, yeah, whoever Kindred is, Kingpin knows their voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's virus. That's the thing. He takes off the mask. <laughs> I'm virus from the Venom book and take that mask It's the War Machine mask under it. <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> that's that's a reveal where it's like, wait, you wore a mask under your mask? <laughs> yes, that's how dedicated I was. <laughs> yeah, I might get chilly, man. You don't know. Uh, all right, what else did you have going on? Because that was a twofer. Uh, yeah, I had, I had two more books left. I had uh, Daredevil issue 21. Ah, the start of the new arc. I haven't read yeah. this yet, but I'm oh, excited man. to. This is a fucking issue. This is a fucking issue. This is, oh my god. So this is the end of the whole battle of Hell's Kitchen. Uh, last issue, Daredevil uh, wanted to make himself get arrested because he murdered uh, that kid. Mm, um, yeah. And this issue, he does get arrested, uh, may, but no one wants to arrest him because he helped and like they see he him as a hero. The and there's this, there's a fucking great part where like they're in this they're in the squad car and like because Cole took him in, and Cole didn't want to arrest him first, and this whole time Cole has been after him and wanting to arrest him, and he's they're like driving in, and Cole's like I don't want to do this, but Matt mm. convinces him to take him to the to the police station because of what he did he needs to make up for the consequences and everything right, and um right. uh obviously foggy represents daredevil and they of meet course. with they meet with the district attorney uh ben oh, i forget his last name it starts with that h hochberg or something yeah i know the guy um and uh, matt reveals his identity to him and there's a there's a great part where the guy the guy he reveals his identity and the guy's reaction is just to slap matt across the face and like, berate <laughs> him because it's like you worked for me while you were daredevil like what the fuck man yeah sounds <laughs> like, about right that what tracks. the fuck it's great it's it's so great the guy's so fucking angry and and ends up getting him arrested for murder and everything and there's even a great spider-man bit where um daredevil he's he's let go and he he's given like a, a short amount of time to come back and he his plan is to basically go home and change into the daredevil costume <laughs> and uh, he goes home and uh spider-man is waiting for him because spider-man said like if he go gets in that costume again he'll be back for him it's true they're <laughs> making good on that threat yeah and there's a great panel where like spider-man confronts him he's like in the shadows he looks really intimidating and matt just starts taking off his pants and like getting and <laughs> daredevil was like what and spider-man's like what the fuck are you doing man and um, he's obviously suiting up and everything and like just catches Peter off guard so much so that he, Matt's able to like tell him what he's doing. And Peter's like, okay, I'll let you do it this one time. But if you don't, I'll be back. <laughs> I like yeah, that. It's a great fucking issue. And it ends with like, yeah, him um, being arrested. And then the, the next issue implies that Iron Man's getting involved or Tony Stark Ooh. is getting involved somehow because the cover is like an Iron Man helmet with horns. Man, that uh, that book's just been hitting it uh, out the park all oh, the time, right? It's, every issue is just like, just when you think it's like, okay, it can't get any better. It just gets better and better I, and better. 
I mean, yeah, calling it the best, one of the best books on the shelf right now is an understatement, and that's even saying something compared to other Daredevil runs, which have always oh, been yeah. consistently some of the best stuff. Yeah, it's it's just so good. If you're not reading it, pick it up and just read it. It's Chip Zdarsky, but like unlike Chip Zdarsky has ever been, because you, you read his totally. books and you think like, oh, he's the funny guy at DC. He's writing all these funny stories. Like nothing in this is funny. Well, there, there is funny stuff like like Daredevil yeah. changing in front of him, but it like catches you off guard so much. Did, it's uh, so good. Did, did he win? Did he win an Eisner? I know they gave out Eisners, and I was happy because um, David F. Walker won for Bitterroot. I don't know if he did. I know Mariko Tamaki won the Best Writer one, which is well-deserved. Oh, that's good. And she's going to be taking on Wonder Woman, so maybe yeah. we should all start reading Wonder Woman again. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not too sure because they – again, it's with this whole Comic-Con thing, they just kind of announced them because I know Christian Ward won one, and he, like, woke up to him and said, like, oh, I won two Eisners? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? I just, like, found out. <laughs> that's got to be a hell of a feeling, waking up and seeing you won. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I read one more book. Uh, it was the one X-Men book I picked up this week, and I read it just because, you know, I loved the first issue so much. That was Hellions, number two. I haven't read this one yet. It's pretty solid. Again, it's a continuation of what we liked in issue one, this team of, like, you know, rebels, outsiders, killers, and supervillains put together by Mr. Sinister to do their dirty work. And literally, mm -hmm. issue two is all about how a team like this couldn't possibly work together. They get in one fight, and they get their asses kicked. <laughs> well, good, because they're all, like, like jobbers. <laughs> They are, and it's so wonderful, too, because, like, literally, Zeb Wells takes you step by step about how a team like this is destined to lose, where it's like, Nanny isn't built for combat, so Nanny's no good. Orphan Maker spends all his time protecting Nanny. Uh, Scalp Hunter won't kill the other members of the Marauders, even if they're zombified and working for the Goblin Queen, because he still sees them as friends. Mm -hmm. Goblin Queen fucks with Havoc who's already having PTSD by being forced to go back to the house he grew up in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, uh, the the only person who even kind of has her shit together is Psylocke, and it's all she can do to not get captured. And then she's like, wait, wasn't there a number, another member of our team? What happened to Wildchild? Wildchild's just been sitting in the background this whole time and being like, oh, you're hurt, Psylocke. That means I can defeat you and become the new alpha of the pack. And she's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. He's like, that little guy in the back hasn't been doing anything. <laughs> and you know it's going to be cool when he does. And that's literally how that goes. It's her being like, wait, why hasn't he done anything? Ah, crap. <laughs> Curse your sudden and inevitable betrayal. Betrayal. Word of the week. Uh, it's, you know, it's also just, you know, great action. Darkly funny, which is I like mm -hmm. about it. Just like a lot of really good gallows humor in it. Yeah, that first issue had a couple of funny scenes especially with like orphan maker how he's literally like a child like a man baby yeah. <laughs> oh an empath dies right away <laughs> oh of course of course it, scalp hunter shoots him for fucking oh. with his brain and he's just of like course. i don't like that empath so he just shoots him dead <laughs> in the first couple pages <laughs> it's very fun again i get very uh like uh secret six vibes off it and that's what i dig about it nice yeah yes yeah, it definitely felt like a suicide squad secret mm. six sort of thing yeah it's such a clever idea it's like how how has no one done this before for x-men yeah yeah it's and we're kind of getting like another book like that because x-factor starts this week oh does it seriously yeah god damn all these fucking x-men books and get get ready to buy them all for when uh <laughs> x of swords comes out because you're gonna have to yeah yeah <laughs> 
Now that being said, I guess X of Swords will be over quicker than you think. If uh, oh yeah, if they're if they're releasing book. like like three books a month or like even more like three books a week at sometimes. Yeah, you figure it's got to be over fairly quickly. Uh, yeah. Now you said you had one more, Matt. Yeah, I had Strange Adventures issue three. Oh yeah, this other Tom King book that we were talking about. You you genuinely really seemed to like this when we started, even though I swore off it. How's uh, yeah. how's the second issue? The cracks are starting to show. <laughs> the cracks Is it? Are to... <laughs> now I don't know whether it's like an actual. It's going to be an actual story plot point, but like this issue was so fucking weird. Um, that the 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 uh the because it's split up into two parts where it's like like every other page is like something that takes place in the past and it's all doc shanna art and bright and colorful whereas the new right, stuff's right. all mitch jarrah's dark art mm. um the the doc shanna story with him with uh, adam fighting in a gladiatorial arena for like the the lizard people's help on ran was really fun um it's the the more modern stuff which is really fucking weird um and like i don't know what the fuck's going on because um at the end last issue was mr terrific sort of setting up like this investigation and trying to sort of work in how he's going to approach it and we never we a classic tom king fashion we don't see the interview we get the next this issue starts when it finishes and uh for some reason alana and adam are really really mad at mr terrific and we don't know why but it has something to do with him asking questions questions adam strange wanted him to ask but this issue is all about adam flatly denying him saying like i never asked for any of this whereas in for issue one he was asking for this to happen sounds like the sort of thing that drives me fucking insane about tom yeah. king stories yeah and um on top of all this you have uh alana who uh is very very um like all of the other tom king women he writes uh very much like his wife mm. um in this she is like super controlling of adam and like kind of dictating what he does next and dictating all his moves and uh when he tries to talk about his daughter she you know makes up an excuse to not do that or anything like that um did they meet on the street or did they meet on a boat i don't know (laughs) oh no um yeah and um there's like talk of her trying to like sue the justice league for what they're doing um (laughs) in investigation that adam wanted them to set up um she does this whole thing where she frames batman um for because the whole thing is like the justice league sanctioned this investigation and they're staying out of it um because they they all know adam it's not like um uh, the conflict of interest sort of thing so that's why mr terrific is involved um and she set it up so that batman would come to her and he got she got someone to take photos of the incident and then she sent them into like the news news stations like batman's involved in the investigation you know this isn't like uh, and he wants it to be unpeated by anyone and everything and it's just so strange that like this is all happening and adam is just like strange is right yeah adam adam is just sitting there like i didn't want any of this to happen why are they answering all these questions but in the first issue you said for this to happen what the fuck is going on what the fuck is going on (laughs) yeah yeah sounds like the polish came off that one fairly quick yeah and i I said in my review it's either going to be something like like alana's like manipulating him like with memory sort of thing like Mm. making him forget things or this is just classic tom king i don't know what i'm writing i'm just gonna write a miserable white man again 
I, I got bored halfway through, can you tell? Not even halfway through, three issues of, of 12. <laughs> oh, Jesus, it's 12. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I think it was six? Oops. Oh, I wish it was six. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with it because, again, it could just be one of those things where it's like, oh, it all makes sense, like, once something, once a key piece of information comes out or something. Right, right. But, like, right now, it's just a complete fucking mess. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, uh-huh. I hope it. I hope it gets better for you, and I hope you can recommend it later. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, ooh, we're at the hour thirty mark already, so we've been talking for a good long time now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can start uh, winding the show down again. Thank you, everyone, for coming out and joining us live. Also, be sure to tune in next week, uh, assumedly same time, same place, unless something changes for the big two hundredth episode spectacular, where hopefully we're going to have a. Uh, what is it? A nice little video there. Maybe we'll do a Q and a portion of the show. We can uh, reminisce about some of our favorite times. Yeah. Hopefully get a cameo from some B list celebrity. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Get someone, uh, someone good. Yeah. What, uh, what about Danny Bonaducci? What he's doing these days? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be also some more news from Comic-Con cause Comic-Con will be over yeah. by then, but I yeah. don't know if there will be. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we can have a better conversation. I know I was thinking about bringing on some guests to talk about Comic-Con, and then it's like, uh, there was really nothing to talk about. Yeah, I didn't didn't see anyone that like we usually talk with talking about Comic-Con, except for like like the boys. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's about it. Oops. Well, if there is no news uh, next week, that would even be better, too, because, again, we would just dedicate the whole first half of the show to just, you know, patting ourselves on the back for 200 episodes (laughs) for a job well done. I actually had someone say, like, oh, you should do, like, a, a, what is it, like, a comparison to the first uh, episode, to the 200th episode, to show how much time has passed. And I'm like, oh, we didn't have video for the first couple episodes. (laughs) Yeah. So we couldn't do that. It wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't make the sense. <laughs> <laughs> also, we've changed sets. Then I, I don't. I think the show's never looked better than it does now. No, it definitely looks good. It sure does. I'm proud of how far we've come, and I'm proud of all of you, all 22 of you who stuck around and watched. So again, thank you all so much for doing so, and we'll be back again next week uh, for the big 200th episode. So get ready for that, everybody. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye.